You're listening to Therapy for Your Money, a podcast about all things money and finance for therapy practice owners. If you want to feel confident and in control of your financial life, then you've come to the right spot. I'm your host, Julie Harris. I'm an accountant and the owner of Green Oak Accounting. My firm specializes in working with private practices across the US, and my team and I have worked with hundreds of private practice owners. I'm on a mission to share all the best practices I've learned along the way because I want you to have a profitable private practice. My new book, Profit First for Therapists, is available at most online retailers. You can get it in paperback, audiobook, or ebook as well. Go check it out. Hi there, and welcome to Therapy for Your Money. In today's episode, I want to talk about what it's going to take for you to feel financially secure as a business owner. This topic came to mind for me after a conversation uh, with a mentor, which made me think of then dozens of conversations I've had over the years with practice owners. So I think we each have a number. uh, And that's the number that if you had that dollar amount in your bank account, you would feel like you are financially secure. This number doesn't necessarily have a formula. There's no right or wrong answer here. Uh, And it may differ pretty significantly from one person to the other, just depending on their risk tolerance and what they have going on in your life. And I really do think it also changes over time based on your personal situation as that changes and as your business grows. For example, my number to feel secure uh, before having children and a spouse was very different. When it was just me, it's just a very different thing than when there's a family of of five to take care of. Uh, And the same applies in the business where I definitely have a number there as well. But when I had a business with just two or three team members versus, um, you know, multiple, multiple team members with a pretty high payroll each month, that number has changed and adapted. Uh, But ultimately, I think it's an important thing to identify kind of what is your, what is your number and what does it take for you to feel financially secure? Uh, as a as a way to prevent burnout, it has been a hard couple of years in the mental health industry, uh, and I know a lot of private practice owners are uh, edging towards burnout, where they're feeling like they they are stuck in their business. And so, I think when you have uh, a number that you are working towards, it can make it a lot easier to push hard for a little while. Uh, there are seasons in our life and in our business where we just have to work really hard. Uh, and that's just how it is. I know that has been the case certainly in my business. At most recently, as I was getting ready for the launch of my book, Profit First for Therapists, there was just a lot of stuff that had to be done, plus, you know, the managing of the actual business itself. So in that time, in that period, it was not unusual for me to be working seven days a week. Now, I'm definitely not advocating for you doing that. Uh, But in my case, I knew there was a finite end to this. I knew when the book launch date was, and I knew within about a week or two after that, I would be able to slow down. And so when you know where that finish line is, it makes it a lot easier to push hard when you have to be pushing hard. And so I'm advocating for you figuring out what it takes for you to feel comfortable uh, so that you know I need to work hard until I get to that point. And at that point, I'm going to feel financially secure and I will be able to um, take my foot off the pedal a little bit, not stop completely, but I will be able to slow down 
uh, because I know that my uh, my situation is financially secure. So maybe you're wondering, all right, that's all, that sounds good. Like I'm on board, but what exactly should my number be? And again, this is going to depend, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a framework so that you can think through it for your specific situation. Uh, on the personal side, I find that many business owners are comfortable with a number that's going to range somewhere between three and six months worth of expenses in their bank account. So when you're looking at what does it cost to support the household, right, for your mortgage or rents, your car payment, like all the things that kind of keep the wheel turning, right? Maybe nothing extravagant, but all the basics, right? Your your Netflix subscription or whatever are the things that you, you know, want to feel comfortable. Three to six months worth of expenses. That gives you a really good uh, runway if something were to happen, if your income goes down suddenly, if you are uh, sick and have to take some some time off, if you have a parent or a child that that needs uh, your attention, that has a medical situation come up, right? Whatever that emergency may be, you are in a situation where you are not having to go see a client in that moment that you're able to scale back or take some time off so that you can take care of the thing at hand. On the business side, I find that that number is often going to be somewhere around one to two months worth of expenses. It's often a lot lower on the business side, just because it's, it takes a lot of time to be able to accumulate that out of your out of your profit. And so, you know, having that padding, knowing that even if income were to stop completely, you're able to run payroll one or two cycles uh, without having any more money come in. That's really reassuring. That does help you sleep really well at night, knowing that things are covered. Obviously, your goal is to never dip into that money, but should something happen, you're able to do that. So those are kind of my guidelines. Uh, but then again, you might feel more secure with something bigger or with something smaller. Like in my household, uh, my husband and I have very different numbers as far as what make us feel comfortable. Neither of us grew up in a wealthy household, uh, but we just have different uh, risk tolerance. So he is of the mindset of like, eh, we'll figure something out. And I um, was used to some scarcity when it comes to money, where either we'd have a lot and everything as well, or uh, not not much, and we're you know selling things off and moving. Uh, and so I tend to need a number that's much higher to feel secure. So ultimately, we have uh, agreed to a number that's somewhere in between. It does lean a little bit more towards mine, just because my number is is bigger. Uh, but as far as like what do what makes us comfortable in the household. So even within the same household with exactly the same factors, the number can be can be different. So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about how to think about uh, your income and your assets. So that is ultimately the money that you have in your business, right? So you have the income coming into the household and that might be uh, just you, what you're making in your practice, or there may be someone else in your household generating income. Or maybe you have a full-time job, plus you're bringing in income from a part-time private practice, for example. So that is the income. That is the recurring cash that, you know, barring anything you know, un unexpected happening, money should continue to come in on a regular basis. And then you have your assets, right? You have, uh, and, and I'm talking here about assets that are mostly liquid. So that's going to be 
either cash in the bank, it might be a certificate of deposit, a money market account, maybe some investment accounts that are uh, available to you if you need them, right? It might take a couple of days for you to get that money out, but ultimately it's fairly, fairly available to you. Uh, what I'm not talking about here are illiquid assets, like your your home would be an illiquid asset. It's definitely worth something and it is something that you own. But if you needed cash, there's not that's not super helpful. Um, and a retirement plan would be in that uh, in that category as well, where you technically could get access to a retirement plan funds if you really, really needed to. But that is always a last resort because there's going to be penalties and interest to that. So I look at those two items, your income and your assets as part of a balance. So if you only have income coming in, let's say, and I'm just going to use round numbers here, you are making about $100,000 a year in your private practice and you have $0 in assets. Like you're basically spending every dollar that you make and there's nothing left at the end of the month, at the end of the year. That's a position that might not feel exactly secure, where if something were to happen, there's not a whole lot of backup. Um, and so what I'm trying to show you here is that there's always a balance between the two, between the income and the asset. On the flip side, if you were, for example, to sell your practice, let's say you sell it for $100,000. Now you have $100,000 in the bank. Uh, and again, this is just, I'm using round numbers just to illustrate because really after taxes, you wouldn't have $100,000 left, but we're just, we're just illustrating the point. If you have $100,000 in assets, that might feel really good. But then if you now have $0 in income, that might not feel great, right? So we've tipped the balance all the way to the other side where you now, you now have zero income and only assets. That does not necessarily feel great because once the asset is gone, there's no money left to replenish that. So there's always a pendulum, right? As the business grows, maybe the income coming in is getting increasingly large. Maybe it's 200, 300, 400,000, wonderful. But again, if you've got that pendulum where there's almost nothing in cash assets, that is feeling stressful for most business owners where if the, the slightest bump in the road happens and the larger the business, it's not a question of if there's going to be a, a bump in the road, it's just a question of when. Uh, so if there's no cash available, that does not necessarily feel good uh, either where, okay, that number's not feeling super comfortable. So where we want to swing that pendulum back with, with the income creating additional assets. Um, and you can see how that number is going to change over time. If you have an income of $300,000, there's a good chance that you're going to want $100,000 in the bank, right? Between your personal uh, emergency fund, your business emergency fund, you might even want uh, more than that. Just just so you can feel like things are under control. And it's not unusual for a practice owner that's feeling burned out. There's, they're feeling like they're just on the, the hamster wheel and going and going and going to say, you know what, I wish I could just sell my business and be, and be done with it. I want to sell my practice. And that definitely can be an option, right? There are uh, people for who that is going to make a lot of sense. But when you're selling your practice, you are exchanging that income that's coming in no matter what, right? It does fluctuate and go up and down. You are exchanging that revenue stream for an asset. Uh, and so for a, a group practice, typically you're going to get somewhere between like four and maybe eight times uh, your net profit as far as uh, a sale price. 
And I'm there, there's a lot of other things that go into this, but that's kind of where we see most of the offers happen. So that means if you're making $100,000 a year in your group practice, you can expect to get somewhere between $400,000 and $800,000 for that practice. If you are making $200,000 a year in profit, right? So a million dollar pr practice could probably be making about $200,000 a year in profit. You can then expect to make um, somewhere between $800,000 and $1.6 million for that practice. So you're exchanging that $200,000 in annual income that's coming in, right? Taxable income for $1.6 million. And while that is great and $1.6 million is nothing to sneeze at, right? That is a great amount of money. After you pay taxes on that money, you probably have a little bit over a million dollars left. And a million dollars is great, but if the income has stopped or is going to slow down, there has to be a, a plan for how that income is going to be replaced. Because a million dollars for most uh, practice owners in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, that's not going to be enough for you to retire at that moment. That typically is not going to be enough. You still have many years before you're going to qualify for social security and you need money to live on. And that million dollars a year is probably not going to last you an, a whole decade in, in most cases. And I think that has to be one of the really important considerations. There's absolutely other things that you can go do. And often we'll see a practice owner sell their practice and maybe go do consulting or go into solo practice a couple of years later or do something else, right? It's often not the last job that you'll ever have. But I think it's an important consideration to think of the income and the assets and how those two uh, balance each other out when you're thinking of that. But I also encourage you to think of your income and your assets as a way to prevent burnout, prevent being at that place where you say like, I just can't keep doing this and I need to, um, I need to get out of my practice because it's been, it's become a toxic place for me. But I also know that having um, cash available to you, having that emergency fund, uh, having an amount of money that makes you feel financially secure, being able to work towards that finish line and knowing, okay, when I get here, I can slow things down because I know I have um, I have some padding. I have have a backup. That's also going to help you when, in those moments when you feel like I, I need to slow down. I need a break. I need to take a week off. I need to go on a vacation. You have the funds av available to do that. Uh, but it also allows you to keep making money in your practice without burning out. So I'd love for you to, to think of having an emergency fund as an act of self-care towards yourself. I know it's a little bit a little bit of a different thing, right? It's not as fun necessarily as a massage, but it is one of those things that I think is an act of self-care and compassion towards yourself and can help you uh, be in your business longer. That's all for today. Take care, everyone. If you're looking for accounting help, head over to therapyforyourmoney.com slash accounting to find information about my accounting firm and all of our specialized services just for private practice owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, click on ratings and reviews, and give us a quick shout out. We really appreciate it. The information contained in this podcast represents the host and guest's general opinions and should not be construed as personalized accounting and tax advice. Listeners should consider all facts and circumstances before applying this information and seek appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Any info provided does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice.